Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Ladies and gentlemen, with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at jfmcmullen, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated at si.com. And he extends the play with you every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. John, how are you tonight, my friend? Doing well. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, It's already Thursday night, man. And, you know, as, as we all know, these days and weeks just fly by here. I feel like we were just recapping that lovely Eagles loss to the Giants yesterday. But now we're in... uh basically full preview mode, John, and Eagles are on the road in Cleveland, as we should all know by now, and three-point underdog. Um, I guess we can just start with, and I we talked about this yesterday, how the injury list is so small, but we can start with the news and notes and any injury updates that uh, we're aware of as of tonight. Well, no real injury updates because the Eagles are as healthy as they have been have been really the entire season, um, with the exception of Rudy Ford, who's, you know, been toggling back and forth with a hamstring and a groin. Now it's a hamstring again. Uh, so he'll probably not play, but we'll get clear uh, delineation on that probably on, on, on Friday. Um, and he's a good special teams player, but obviously overall, that's a very good situation for the Eagles to be in. The problem is instead of AM 1490 sports betting radio, we might want to go AM 1490 COVID radio because it's all COVID (laughs) all the time. JJ Ortega Whiteside, uh, test positive today. So, um, he's out, um, and, and you have a couple close contacts as well. So Corey Clement uh, is in that category. Benny Curry is in that category. Deontay Burnett, uh, who's a practice squad wide receiver, is in that category. Uh, and and John Hightower, the early indications that were that he was going to go on the reserve COVID list, but um, with further contact tracing, they they said he was. Uh, not high risk as as a contact, so 
Uh, it looks like he dodged a bullet. Uh, but we'll see, man. This is happening all over the league. Cleveland itself is dealing with three players. Their long snapper uh, is on the COVID list. Uh, Cody Parkey, their kicker, uh, ex-Eagles kicker, double-doing Cody Parkey. Um, Jack Con- Conklin, they're really good starting right tackle. So, man, this is this is happening all over the NFL. The good news is most of these players are close contacts and they haven't tested positive. And that's pretty much a league-wide thing. And Philadelphia would be a good example of that because you have one guy who tested positive today, and that's J.J., uh, and then you have all these these dominoes kind of fall from that. Uh, the Eagles, John, they're sending you up text messages to former players, and they're <laughs> on again, off again, more than a high school relationship. And it seems like, fill us in here, but it seems like there could be a reunion with one Jordan Howard. Yeah, the Eagles uh, are bringing him in for a visit. Uh, That's confirmed uh, on the transaction wire. You have to announce when you bring in players for a visit. Uh, And then Ian Rappaport reported that they will sign him uh, after he passes uh, the COVID protocols uh, to the practice squad. Uh, So he's not going to be on the regular roster. But that's a, a little bit of a weird thing. You can do that now. In a typical season, uh, you wouldn't be allowed to put a veteran player like that on the practice squad. But in this strange COVID world, you can. So the Eagles are going to use that flexibility. And I, I hey, this one, I think, makes sense because they, they've needed that between the tackles runner all, all season. I thought it was a mistake that the Eagles didn't at least think about bringing Jordan Howard back. Um, and he went to Miami, he was not successful, had a number of touchdowns, but he's averaging under two yards a carry. So it uh, hasn't been a great year for him. I don't think it's a, a big move by any stretch of the imagination, but you're right. They constantly bring these players back. And, you know, I joke, maybe they should bring back Sidney Jones and Nelson Aguilar and LJ Ford, Rasul Douglas, Ronald Darby. Then they might be on to something. Uh, the players they do bring back, you know, Sharif Miller, <laughs> who cares? Jordan Matthews. Yeah, constantly, time and time again. Well, Jordan was here, here uh, three different times. But, yeah, I, they have a propensity to bring in guys they're comfortable with, the guys who have been here before. Sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't. Look at running back Jay Ajayi the second time was – a disaster. He was pretty much cooked physically. And that's where Jordan may be, but I, I don't know if it hurts bringing him in. Um, they'll, they'll have to wait to six days to get him through the COVID protocols and uh, we'll see how it goes from there. But um, they need somebody uh, and more. And by, by the way, I should say this more than, than between the tackles running the football they need somebody who can pass protect as well. And that, and Jordan has always been good at that. And I think if you look at pro football focus, I, I think the number is 56. They have 56 running backs graded uh, who've played enough. And Miles is 56. 
So he's the worst. And then Boston's like 48, 49, somewhere in that range. So add that to the list of why just one of the 77 different reasons that Carson Wentz is struggling because the running backs can't pick up a blitz. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very good point. Even just to throw him in there once he's ready to go on, you know, third and six on a pass play, just to pick up that, that, uh, you know, pass rusher is that's, that's more important sometimes than having a guy that's going to carry it five times. Yeah. and, And it's, you know, it's a shame. It seems to always be this way when you're struggling uh, because Jordan has proven to be a, as I said, a pretty good pass protector. Um, on the other hand, he really doesn't catch the football well coming out of the backfield. So you'd like to have somebody who could do both. It's when I always back in, back in the day, everybody would say, you know, Barry Sanders is, is the greatest running back in that generation. And I would always say he's the greatest runner. No question about it. But the best running back was Emmett Smith. And the reason why was because not only was he effective running the football, he was phenomenal in pass protection and also could, could catch the football coming out of the backfield. But it's tough to find those guys. Yeah, it certainly is, especially in today's game. Um, you know, more and more younger guys aren't really c- coming into the NFL. Not only capable, but strong with that skill set. So we'll see. We'll see what that does, uh, if anything. But looking behind enemy lines, John, uh, Cleveland's going to be playing their third straight home game, and the weather in Cleveland. For those of you that don't know, it ain't South Beach. Uh, it's windy, it's rainy, and it's probably going to be windy and rainy on Sunday. So talk about how the Eagles could prepare themselves for those type of conditions and how that could potentially impact the game, if that's the case. Yeah, well, it's always a concern as you get to this time of year uh, in any of the Midwest outdoor stadiums. Uh, even the Northeast, even here in Philadelphia, you've seen many weather games uh, with people coming in, having uh, difficulty with it. So it's always uh, a little bit, you got to keep your eye uh, on the forecast. No question about that. Uh, I can't imagine it'll be as bad as last week. Last week was really bad uh, in Cleveland. And one of the reasons nobody could throw the football at all, it was just the wind was unbelievable And that played into the Browns' hands because they are a run-first team. They want to run. Uh, That's how they're successful. They have the great offensive line, the great running backs, the great scheme. So that was a perfect situation for them. Uh, And the good news for the Eagles is it's it's not going to be that bad. So uh, that part of it is positive. But, hey, the Browns, you think, you know, Baker Mayfield, because of his days back in college and obviously being a a number one overall pick, uh, the progressive commercials, uh, he's a big deal. But the reality is the Browns are fourth in the NFL in rushing and 30th in passing. So this is a this is a run first team. If we want to rewind and. You know, this just may not be the Cleveland Browns anymore. But if you look at the Cleveland Browns, John, 
through seven weeks, the first seven weeks, I should say, of the season, the offense averaged 29 points a game, 34 points a game at home, and they gave up 38 points. So as it relates to the total number uh, for our listeners, the total number set at 48 earlier in the season. That would have been as close to a lock as you can get for the over, but with the weather and how Cleveland has played of late, I don't know how scared of the passing game we should be from the Cleveland standpoint, but they do have it in them. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, well, I think, as you mentioned, things have changed a little bit from early in the season for a couple of reasons. One is the weather, as you mentioned. The other is Odell Beckham going down. So, uh, you know, once he tore his ACL, you lose that big big play threat down the field and you become even more, uh, run first and you, and you try to um, scale things back even a little bit more in the passing game. Uh, so that affected him as well. Uh, and they've gotten better defensively too. They're, they've, they've gotten to the point where they're middle of the road. They're not great, obviously. Um, and I have some real issues in the secondary. One of them is our old friend, Andrew Sandejo, who's just a, a disaster playing free safety and coverage. So uh, maybe the Eagles can take advantage of that. And really they only have, their corners are pretty good, but their sub package corners are not. Um, and, and let's face it, every team in the NFL has got to play three, four corners. So once you get down that depth chart, guys can't play, they can't play. So that's, that's another um part of the game where I think the Eagles need to take advantage of. Uh, But when you talk about that Cleveland defense, you just, number one, you got to find a way to, to block miles Garrett and Lane Johnson uh, said that he's the other than Aaron Donald, he's the best defense player in the NFL. I don't know if I'd go that far, but that's what Lane believes. Now, good news. I mentioned he's been out sick. Wednesday and Thursdays miss practice. So we got to keep an eye on that. Uh, everything is so fluid with COVID exploding across the country and everybody wanting their test at MedExpress. Yep. Don't get that test if you feel fine. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. I know from experience. Um, <laughs> you look at <laughs> – you, you mentioned uh, that's a, a Chris Farley line there. Uh, cl- the Cleveland defense may also uh, play a role here in aiding the offense as, you know, Carson Wentz is the most sack quarterback in the NFL. He's also leading the NFL on interceptions and fumbles. So if for some chance Miles Garrett isn't a go, maybe that, that helps out. Not maybe that will definitely help out the Eagles, but can they take advantage of it? Um, what can we expect from the Eagles offensively? We talked about Jordan Howard and how he could help with the pass blocking and they're in need of another, you know, just, just overall better pass blocking coverage um, from the offensive line side of things, John. So what can we expect from the Eagles to dial up some scheming uh, ideas here to try and help Carson not fumble it and intercept it and get sacked? 
Well, I think the good news is that he did play a, a clean game. One of the few good things about the, the Giants game up in North Jersey, at least Carson didn't turn it over. So maybe kind of build on that foundation. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if Miles isn't there, they got to take advantage of that. Miles Garrett, not Miles Sanders. But, um, I, I mean, <laughs> that that would change things drastically uh, because he's that good. So, uh the Eagles expect him to play. I expect him to play. Uh, if he, if there was a concern, he probably would have been put on the COVID list. He hasn't been to this point, so I wouldn't count on him not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, if that were the case, it would help the Eagles dramatically. And then, you know, Carson was talking about Sendejo because the Eagles know him very well. They know what he can do. He's a very physical player. He's a very intimidating player uh, as a tackler. He's a guy who's even going to draw some flags, uh, obviously because of his willingness to hit people and hit people hard, but can't cover you and me, Ryan. So the Eagles know that. Uh, And they got to figure out a way to pass, protect, and take advantage of, of somebody like that who's playing free safety, and he shouldn't be playing free safety. Shouldn't be a starting safety in this league. Alshon Jeffrey, not a whole lot of snaps, not much of an impact. Uh, will that change even in the slightest in the right direction Sunday? Yeah, I mean, Doug said it, it's going to in- incrementally increase his playing time. Uh, and, and it's understandable when I talked about ramp up times for guys like even Isaac Sayamalo has been out for week two. I, I think you just got to throw him out there. I've said that pretty consistently. You know, but Alshon Case, he hasn't played in calendar year. Um, That's how long it's been uh, until last week against the Giants. So it's kind of understandable why they just stuck his toes in the water. And and it'll continue to increase. And it, you know, until some of these young guys, and now Hightower is missing practice because of the the COVID scare, so to speak. Um, and he was scaled back already when Alshon came back. So I wouldn't even expect him to play. JJ's not going to play. Obviously he's out because he tested positive. So um, there are some snaps available. And as Alshon um, gets his feet under him a little bit and starts feeling uh, like himself, I would imagine you know, Greg Ward's going to see less snaps. That's who we took him away from, as as I predicted, as I expected, and that'll continue. And by the way, it should continue. I mean, Greg's Greg's a nice guy. He's a, he's a solid player, but he shouldn't be out there for major snaps. He's not that kind of receiver. And I know a lot of fans don't like that. He's one of the guys the fans latch on to for some reason. I'm not, I'll never understand that, Ryan. <laughs> No, neither the guys they latch on to versus the guys they know. It's just something about those uh, those underdogs, I guess. Those guys that give it their all, John. <laughs> but uh, there's yeah, but I, that's what talent. I'm saying. Nate Gary gives it his all. He's an underdog. They don't like him. Right? No, it, it it's true. It's guys that see the field just enough, but not enough to be fully exposed. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, have the Eagles become predictable on offense? Like, you know, what 
what challenges face the Browns defense ahead and, and what can they do differently? I, I've asked this question in different ways, but nonetheless. Uh, at times, I think they're predictable. Um, certainly they're predictable when Jalen Hurts is on the field. Um, but Jalen Hurts shouldn't be on the field. Um, I've talked about that. Um, a, a lot of it is not converting on third downs. So, I mean, in other words, it's easy to say somebody's predictable because they don't convert a third down. They're off the field three and out, um, and you don't see that second drive. So you don't see them get unpredictable, so to speak. Uh, You know, we often talk about decisions versus results. The results haven't been there, so people assume the decisions are bad. A lot of times that's true, and I go to that fourth and ten play. But then the assumption is, you know, Doug kind of admitted, well, that was on Carson. He had a number of different ways to go on that particular play that was baked in, and he made the wrong decision. Um, sometimes it's the head coach making the wrong decision. Uh, but the lack of, of e- efficacy of the offense, and once you're off the field, you, you can't look <laughs> inventive, let's put it that way, uh, when it's three and out and punt. So I, I think it all comes down to execution. We're, we're talking about the Browns, for instance. I, I mean, the Browns running game is simple. And as is where, where sort of the framework it was, uh, which is the Shanahan sort of Gary Kubiak offense, Uh, based on play action. These are simple running plays. Jimmy Johnson would say all the time, I brought up Emmitt Smith before, Jimmy Johnson ran three running plays. Everybody knew what was coming. But it was Emmitt Smith behind Larry Allen and Eric Williams and Mark Stepnowski and Nate Newton, and nobody could stop it. That's not inventive. That's just out executing people. Yeah. And the Eagles, if only they had uh, that luxury or even half of that luxury. But um, it, 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 it's tough to, to really feel good about this game on Sunday. If you're trying to be positive, I would say, obviously, the Eagles have been through a lot injury wise this season. Three straight games in the division. I don't care if you're six and two or two and six it's tough to win three in a row in the nfc east it's tough to win three in a row in any uh division so is this a welcome type of game if you're in that eagles locker room even though the browns technically are uh, a much better team than the giants yeah i think it is for a couple reasons i think it's one of those where especially in this season uh, they don't mind getting away from philadelphia because of some of the negativity uh, so the fact that it's on the road, uh, and and again, fan uh, fans are not an issue, so it's not really like a typical road game where it's always difficult. Um, so I think that part of it's positive. Uh, you mentioned way back at the beginning the number, and a lot of people have said, "How are the Browns uh, only favored by whatever you're getting it at three three, three and a half points?" Yeah. Um, and the reason why is because they're six and three, but nobody looks at them and say, that's a six and three team. Uh, we've talked about some of the issues 
30th in the passing game, all the struggles on the defensive side of the ball, the back seven, the lack of talent. Um, uh, so, you know, this is not a, a juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination. I think Kevin Stefanski um, deserves a lot of credit for getting them to that point. But I do think a lot of people think it's a mirage, at least to a certain degree. And then, as I said, the fact that they want to play a certain way and they want to run the football almost guarantees a close game unless you completely fall apart and let them run for 250 yards. Uh, and they want, to, they want to grind you on the ground. They want to run clock. And that generally means it's going to be a pretty close football game. And if you're playing a pretty close football game, all you need is one bounce of the football to go your way, and a one-score game could turn into a one-score game the other direction. So I, I think that's why the number where is where it is. Yeah, and just to add on to that, the Eagles and the Browns are two of the worst teams in the NFL against the spread. You have the Cowboys at 1-8 and eight against the spread, the Texans and the Jets at 2-7, and seven, and then you have Cleveland – Tennessee and Philadelphia three and six against the spread. So they just haven't been covering their numbers all season long. Yeah. And it's, you know, in the Eagles uh, case, I think that would make a lot of sense to people because they've been a big disappointment. Uh, But from Cleveland's standpoint, the fact that you do look at the six and three record and everybody looks at this stretch and sometimes it, it, it can be a little misleading. Uh, you know, Bill Parcells' rules generally apply. You are what your record says you are. You can only play who's in front of you. So that's where I give the Browns a ton of credit, especially that organization, which is not used to winning football games. But we talked about the Thursday night game. I mean, at some point, your schedule gets to a point where, hey, in the case of Arizona, Seattle, they got to play each other. Somebody's got to lose. And then you're coming back to the pack. And that happens to every team in this league. No, it certainly does. Uh, NFL Eagles insider John McMullen at JF McMullen on Twitter, extending to play every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Phillyvoice.com and Sports Illustrated at SI.com. John, before I let you go, let's shift gears. And I need your thoughts on the Sixers day and night yesterday. Uh, I I thought it was a good night. I have not uh, started clearing space for the Daryl Morey statue, as many have. I I don't know. The Sixers fan base is is way into hero worship when it comes to front office executives. But I I do like the fact that he understands uh, basketball is not about just getting the best player. You have to have the best team and you have to have a fit. And that's why the Sixers were better with, you know, players like J.J. Redick. Or if you want to go back to uh, when they got Ilasova and, and um, players like that and, and were able to spread the floor. Uh, when, you, when you have a dinosaur in, in, in a traditional center, which that's what it is in the modern NBA, and then on top of it, you have Ben Simmons who won't, won't shoot. You got to surround them with shooters. 
and he went out and he got two shooters. Now, I think if you look at it, Al Horford's a better player than Danny Green. I, I, I don't think there's any question about that. Jason Richardson's a better player mm-hmm. um, than Seth Curry. But what do they need? Daryl Morey knows what they need. And evidently, nobody else has ever known that in this town, at least to the days of, you know, you got to go back to Billy Cunningham and Jack McMahon. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit uh, before my time, but I'm well aware. I'm I'm well uh, informed on that era, John. And and it, it, for me, it's more about um, <laughs> last year. Elton Brand, in my opinion, it was his moves to bring in Al Horford and even Richardson and Daryl Morey. And and there was talk: How do you get Horford off your hands? Well, if you offer enough draft picks, you're going to be able to get anyone off your hands. But the fact that he did it. And you got something in return. And then he follows it up with unloading Josh Richardson and getting something in return for that. And both of those things being shooting, which we had none of last year, it's um, it, it's just a breath of, of fresh air. <laughs> and it doesn't mean anything, um, but it's nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there was, if you want to compare it, to the Olympic team when we finally lost in the Olympics and we were just kind of every year we were putting together, okay, just get the best players and put them on the Olympic team. And then finally the rest of the world starts to catch up and they finally figure out, you know what? We better put a team together. We, we better put compliments to, to the superstars on the floor and everything reverted back to normal. Um, obviously those are, much greater teams and much greater players, but you have to build a team the proper way. And if you're going to build around, it's, it's difficult enough. I mentioned it on yesterday's show. I I think, and I think you're with me, I would rather move on from Ben Simmons, but if you're going to build around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, you have to have guys like Curry and green. You have to have guys who can stretch the floor, who can shoot the basketball and that's why the Sixers were much better uh, when J.J. was here. Uh, and, and they would get shooters in late in the season, as I mentioned, with Elisova and Bellinelli that year. Uh, they, they all of a sudden got much better. Those weren't great players. And, and at times it's going to hurt you defensively. No question about that. But this is a, a, a shot-making league. And if you got those two guys, you better have somebody who can balance the floor and shoot the basketball. And there's not a lot of guys in the NBA that want to go play defense and defend on the other end. And if things are a nightmare on the offensive side of the floor, a lot of guys aren't going to give it their A effort on the defensive side. So I agree with you. I hate the retort of like JJ Redick. I would argue with people all day about JJ Redick and, I just think those people just don't understand the value of J.J. Redick and the spacing that he provides every possession offensively. Well, I don't know how they could say it now that they <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I, I think they would even then. Well, I should know better. They're, people never admit they're wrong, but you could see the difference when he was here and when he wasn't. And it wasn't about defense. It was about uh, what his ability to create that spacing. Uh, his ability to take advantage uh, of open looks uh, and, and balancing the floor and spacing the floor. They were a much better team. 
it, it's that simple. And they're in the right direction. A long way to go, but the season's right around the corner. And uh, we just extended the play a little bit on you and, and threw in five minutes of NBA talk. And we're going to be doing that a little bit, unfortunately, if you're not a Sixers or basketball <laughs> fan. But I'm going to be doing that with John throughout the year. <laughs> John, I appreciate it, my friend. All right. Thank you, Ryan. All right, John. Take care. There he is, John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. We've got to take a break. Much more still ahead on The Fix on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.